and shows. I am Nat, and today we're going to be doing Yojo Sankey, or as we know it by its incredibly stupid English name, The Saga of Tanya the Evil. Today I have Military Adventures of a Little Girl. Um, that was the second part. Frigg's joining us for the first time. You might know him from the Weebcast. Hi, Frigg. Thanks for coming on. Hello. You may also know me from the critically acclaimed series, The Frigway. Yeah, absolutely. The Singleton Podcast. <laughs> you may also know him as the person who will be talking over everyone during right. this episode. Uh, we also have on uh, returning uh, Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Hey, everybody. What it be? What it do? Joseph Nadislav back again with another food review. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you today. And uh, Corbo will be joining us uh, over his uh, phone. He's recording on his phone today. Hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> this is a uh, uh, robot Corbo. Corbo's changed from his phone. Thank you, two cups <laughs> and a bit of string. That was so perfect. <laughs> no, he's, this is, he's been automated. We've automated a Corbot. There we go, Corbot. Yes. Friggins already made a Corbo. <laughs> Unbelievable, and um, and that uh, that weird Australian guy you just heard was uh, the uh, ever amazing Sir Hemingford Gray. How you doing, bud? Good eye, Cubbers. All right, yeah, so Australian. we're going to talk about we're going to talk about anime today. Please, please, listener, come back, come back, come back. It's a fashy anime. It's right. a fashy anime. Implying, uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll... I'm just going to explain what this is about. And and please, no, no, come on, listener, please, just stay. Just stay, <laughs> please. Okay. Just at least so, just at least do half an episode so it can so we can go on after two. Just, just just give us 30 minutes of your time. Don't go. I'm lonely. So this is about a Japanese salary man who's kind of like all stick, no carrot. He he relishes in firing people who aren't as productive as he'd like them to be. Uh eventually one of the people he fires gets disgruntled and pushes him in front of a train. Uh, but um, the moment he dies, uh, God or the devil or something transports him to an alternate universe where it's the early 20th century and totally not World War II is about to begin. He he also has magic powers. and Oh, and he's a nine-year-old little girl. See, now, <laughs> listener, aren't you glad that she stuck around? You, f- you forgot the best part, Natsuk. It, it, the part about, I'm so edgy and atheist that I'm only going to call you being X. Yes, he's, a, <laughs> uh, he's an edgy atheist. Uh, when, before we move forward, can we, can we sort out um, pronouns here for our main character? Do we she, call this a her or a him or a what? Biological female, well, dude. 
as no, a, um, anything else to consider as an intersectional far left podcast, you know, we, we do have to take these things into consideration. So I would say you should refer to, uh, you know, Tanya as Zer or Zim. Well, we could just go by a, by he, she's rank major. <laughs> but we just say Tanya. But uh, <laughs> I don't think we ever know his dead name, right? Well, in all the dojins, it's female. So that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Gross. Oh geez. Um yeah, so so you have Tanya, who is the this this like nine year old, ten year old, I don't know what, what age really, uh this little blonde girl who's like this extremely strict m- militant uh magic warrior. So the uh they have these characters called mages and they can channel like mana energy. If you've ever played a video game before that includes magic, um you kind of know how magic works in this world. So they can channel energy into kind of a mid 20th century technology. And then they can make that do sort of enhanced, like, you know, supernatural things. And so they can, one, one the major thing they can do is fly. Right. So they can, they, they, they sort of take the, uh, uh, they, they, they become like, a huge, uh, like scouting role. Yeah. A scout, yeah. Air support. Um, they're sort of like witches on broomsticks. Yeah, but they basically. can also use they can also use magic to like reinforce, uh, you know, bullets out of like they can have a rifle bullet that can pierce tank armor, kind of, you know, things like that. Uh, it's basically right. like imagine like uh, it's like uh, mind Fuhrer is a is a maho shoujo. Basically, imagine that. Right. I don't know. I don't know if this audience is going to understand most of those. Mm, it's a bit of a esoteric. Uh, Neither does one member of the panel, so. <laughs> There you go. There you go. So (laughs) there aren't really any characters in this besides Tanya. Like there are no character arcs besides her own. You know, everything. Uh, Everyone just exists to a little bit. She has this uh, big titty sidekick who's like there. If you aren't a pedophile, you have something to look at. Um, (laughs) But but everyone else is just there, sort of to react to Tanya. And she's Russian, which is the best part. She's not Russian. She's not Russian, so this. So she's I, I German wearing a Russian uniform. She gets no, transported no, I mean the, to basically girl. Germany. I'm talking about. I'm talking about and, the big uh, titty girl. Her side know, man. Before she's not Russian either. There. They're all German. It's just the of... fucking Jap author doesn't know European names. Ah, yeah, dude, that I'm is funny. Good. Her last name is like Stayanenkov or something, which is absolutely yeah. sounding. Dekorachov. Well, the yeah. un- the uniforms are definitely. Russia, aren't they? Yeah, that's that's the one contention a lot of Spurks have. Uh, you know, when you try to assert that uh, they're fighting for not Germany because you know, the uniforms don't. Well, match. I, I'm not. I'm not even a Spurg or an artist, and it's still kind of like uh, right. got under my skin a bit. You're not fooling anybody. Well, clearly I mean, the like- uh, the empire, as they call Germany in this, their their logo is like. It looks just like uh, Germany's like World War One era, like a black dragon thing. Also, there is a country named Russi to the east <clears> of the empire. So if that's not uh... and also their logo has like a, a communist star in it. So <clears> if that's not Russia. I don't, I mean, I don't know. No, yeah, that kind of makes me angry because this is kind of supposed to be more of a World War One setting, if anything. But they're yeah, like the the fucking references get even more overt later on in like the fucking manga and novels because one of the Russian leaders is literally called Flaventry Beria, who was an actual fucking like head of the uh, Communist Party in real life, same name and all. Yeah, it's like a really? World War One that dragged on for another six or seven years, isn't it? Essentially, well, yeah. the way 
The way that I see it is that the author kind of wanted to do a World War II thing, and he kind of wanted to do it from Germany's perspective, but he realized that World War II optics would not be acceptable, so he basically mishmashed it uh, with World War I. And this is genius. This is genius, and I'll tell you why. Because I went into uh, the subreddit for this anime because... um, while reading about the anime, I uh, found out that like a week ago, uh, this convention called Anime NYC banned Yojo Sankey uh, uh, cosplay. Um, now they they unbanned it. Very hilarious. Uh, they unbanned it a few days later. Um, basically, the rules just say you can't wear SS uniforms or any kind of mm-hmm. Nazi imagery. Um, but um, everyone in this Reddit thread is like, it's not Nazi. She's not a Nazi. She's just a militant and all European countries were militant back then. And it's not even World War II. It's obviously World War One. So you have people doing these long autistic, like literally page long posts about how it's World War One and it's not fascism. It's just militant jingoism, which is totally fine and ethical. And, and <laughs> leave Yojo Sankey alone. <laughs> Um, well, it's just retards, and it's like retards on Reddit who've been gaslit into thinking that um, they they can't any way like Nazis, so they have to play this uh, fucking rigmarole where they find excuses as to, but that's it's not technically Nazi, guys. It's just it's just ge- you know generic militarism. It's, it's nice guy fine. national socialism. <laughs> well, it was it was before the NAS, the NSDAP so, was created. Though, so, so Matt, are you saying you that at this NYC uh, cosplay convention that they were having a Wignat optics cook debate? <laughs> Basically, but but you have to consider the author of the manga thought about all of this ahead of time. He mm-hmm. autisted his way through this ahead of time and specifically ah. specifically anticipated these debates and chose his setting accordingly. I think that's brilliant. That's a that, that, I don't that know. is a, a, a brilliant work of craftsmanship. Either, either that or he just did his European military history off the top of his head. I don't think so. No, I think that no, this no, is deliberate actually, and this is this is a measured. No, there's actually like legitimately later on uh, a plot point that's specifically uh, about a battle that happened, which uh, inevitably decided the war. And he actually makes that a huge point as like that was a huge part of history. And it, it's something that even I didn't really know for all the World War II history that I uh, kind of looked into. And that I actually, because of this show, I looked into it. Is that why you were like Corbo? Yeah, no, yeah, totally. <laughs> no, this is totally. Well, this is like sorry, a long, sorry, long battle. battle. And are you it's talking about World War One in real life or, or or what? No, World War Two in real life. No, there's there, like later on in the what show, they they specifically uh, model a plot point around the uh, the the battle that happened. Oh, I can't remember which fucking one or what it was called. It was um where the Germans were uh, essentially taking over France, and they were. Uh, what was it? They were, they were having a huge swath of uh, um, ally soldiers leaving. And essentially, there was a huge thing with, um, oh, God, I'm like forgetting my history now. They, they were a huge swath that was leaving. And there was a, like a, a really big historical moment about this because uh, the entire city was helping the soldiers leave on boats to back to England uh, from the French city. While, while oh, the that's, Germans Dun- that's Dunkirk, isn't it? Dunkirk, yeah. Yeah, and they they made like they they modeled a plot point around the end of the uh, around the end of the show, uh, essentially around this uh, historic piece of piece of historical, you know, trivia. 
Hey, I'm not saying that the show isn't uh, somehow uh, historically relevant. I'm just saying that the setting is basically uh, uh, tempered. The way you might uh, temper flavors against one another in a dish. Uh, so they, they've taken the bad optics, mm. but but hard nationalistic edge of World War II and, 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 and tempered that with the, I guess, more obscure optics of, of World War I. Basically, you can, he, he gave people an opening to do mental gymnastics into, right? However, that doesn't mean there, there are no moral gray areas in the show. You, you do still have the trials and tribulations of imperialism at play here. So Germany is still kind of the bad guy in a sense, It's but it's morally gray. It's morally gray, but, but they are being imperialistic. The, Say again? The empire, the, empire the, the, the team we're supposed to be rooting for are pretty ruthless, aren't they? So, certainly that certainly might their their favorite major is isn't she yes she she believes that destroying enemies of the empire uh trumps all trumps all she she uh whether it's civilians that are dying or or whatever the cost cities being destroyed uh the empire winning the war and being able to essentially take over the world that is uh all she really cares about. However, um, she does have this kind of personal pragmatist kind of uh, view on things. Initially, all she wants to do is live out an easy life in luxury, just climbing the ladder and, and, and following the rules. But she sort of gets, through her talent, gets thrust into uh, into the front lines of battle and continues Wait, to succeed. Isn't isn't there some sort of through line drawn between her man the way she manages the, the way she managed her business before she before she was shoved in front of a train and the way she, and the way she runs Abathlin as well? Yeah, it's kind of like this whole uniting meme behind the other sh entire show is like, um, which has some basis in history, is that like uh, the various nations of the world have all this like modern technology and uh, you know. Shit like artillery and uh, fucking. I think the, I don't remember if we saw tanks, but there were like these fucking rocket things, weren't they? Yeah, there were tanks um, around the. But um, they've got all this shit, but all their like battle tactics and ideas of war are still like the you know like uh, infantry marching lines kind of stuff. You know, honorable warfare pre sort of twentieth century kind of thinking, right? And Tanya's this new maverick who's like, nah, you got to be all pragmatic and fight uh, dirty. Yeah, fight dirty and shit, and it's like this new innovative thing. And like I said, it has some basis in reality in the fact that like World War One was sort of this meeting between new technologies and these very destructive weapons and like very old modes of thought. Like in the starting stages of the war, you had men in rank and file just marching towards machine gun fire and getting slaughtered in like the fucking thousands. Right. And it seems like Germany has access or the empire has access to some technology advancements that the uh, other countries do not. And uh, there's one where uh, uh, not Germany is fighting against, I think it's not Switzerland. And... <laughs> There, uh, the the not Swiss army uh, doesn't understand like how cavalry doesn't doesn't really pose a threat to air support, and so they uh, Tanya and her like team of like eight just slaughter fifty thousand people uh, that way un until they retreat, of course. Um, so yeah, there's some there's some aspects where the the cards are kind of stacked uh, in in Tanya's favor. Um, now there are two there are two themes in this show that I I want to tackle. The first is like the age and gender bending. Um, 
why oh is this being done? Why are we why why are we watching this? Why why did the author do this? Well, uh, to understand that, you have to understand that the uh, the author is Japanese. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> is that the entirety if, of the? Uh, yes, that yeah that that that's it. Um, Can you repeat the question? Frig kind of wiped my mind for a bit. Why is this entertaining? <laughs> why is why is it entertaining that she's a little girl and not just like a guy who's a you know an adult of, of to military hate, age? To mm, I'd hate to sound like a faggot, but it's the juxtaposition of it in it. I guess it's like the kind of impossibility of it too. I don't know. I uh, I, I personally wouldn't really care if it was a guy, but uh, you know, lowly sergeant. <laughs> yeah, Little exactly. Well, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose if if you're if you're right, it wasn't Japanese. It would be that the um, when he was in his when he when he was in his previous life, he was like pretty macho and um, you know, kind of re- relied on bullying people. And I suppose that's why you'd put him in a little girl's body because he he, he doesn't command like any kind of immediate authority yeah as a, as a that is true note, and he does kind of face that uh problem that's kind of the plot that's kind of the plot reason that the uh the god or devil character essentially did it it's like let me put you in this world that's held you know war torn and it's a hellhole and you know but you're also a little girl and weak and etc as a side note um i just want to say like the whole concept is only something that kind of really works in the Japanese animated medium. Because let's say if this were to get a live action version, that well, it would be, be the the fucking the most unwatchable shit ever. Can you Cut. imagine live action Tanya? It would be the single biggest like black hole of charisma you could imagine. It'd I can't be completely unwatchable. It'd be like that. Game of Thrones. Yeah. It'd be it'd be Arya from Game of Thrones, exactly. Or, or the little girl, the little girl who commands a country. Like she's she's literally like Tanya's age. She's basically the yeah. same character in a way. They they not, not make fighting. her they'd not make her psychotic. She'd just be kind of cool and badass instead. Right, Tanya is a bit of a, a sociopath in a way. Uh, all she cares about is sort of climbing the ladder and succeeding in her, you know, following the rules. And luckily, she was re- reincarnated into a world where uh, militarism uh, is 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 very prevalent. Um, but one <laughs> you know thing who that else uh, followed the rules. Well, she well she also wants she also wants to do it efficiently, to, so she can uh, so she can have her life of comfort comfort more quickly. Right, there is narcissism involved here, absolutely. Um, and and it seems from the moment she's reincarnated as a young infant, um, uh, she has all of her intellect and all of her memories from being a Japanese man, right? So it's sort of a weird uh, kind of resurrection thing. Yeah, I mean, but there's like also magic and shit, so you know. Well, yeah, it's things, it's, things it's, can things are possible can kind of happen here. Yeah, this is low fantasy in a sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy that's like um that's stapled onto a, a you know a real part of history. This is a fantasy based on reality. Sorry, little uh, little yes. gamer joke there for my gamer friends in the in the crowd. Rise up. <laughs> um, now, I, I think we have the perfect, perfect crowd for this next theme I wanted to talk about, and that is the theme of imperialism. So I, I, I touched upon this earlier, that the show's you know kind of overarching um, moral trial is that of uh, what, what does it mean to be an empire? What does it mean to be an imperialistic power? And we have the perfect, perfect, perfect crowd for this because we've got 
um, we've got one guest whose country uh, fought against an imperial power and, and, and gained its sovereignty. We have another guest who is actually a, a citizen of that imperial power who's no longer an imperial power. We have another guest who uh, whose country was occupied by an imperial power for a long time. And then we have a, a yet another guest who is from that imperial power that occupied the latter country. So... <laughs> First, we're gonna. Um, Dude, I want to. I want to talk to. It truly yeah, was talk, a Game of Thrones. It truly was a Game of Thrones presented by HBO. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Joseph, um, you, you're, yes. you're you're uh, you're from Estonia, and uh, Estonia was occupied by by Russia, who who was an imperial power during the days of uh, the Soviet Union. So, um, how do you how do you feel about the empire as portrayed in uh, in the show? That's an interesting question because they don't really show any of its uh, imperialistic sides. Because all the actual war activity seems to be taking like on actual empire soil. They're being pushed back. So I'm not really sure how to like. Sure, there's uh, you know jingoistic stuff and uh, you know protect the fatherland and all that shit. But I don't know. So far from just in the anime alone, I didn't really encounter anything like outright. Depicting imperialism, honestly. Well, they do. They I mean, do take talk- over and occupy uh, surrounding nations through the course of the show. We don't have much of an insight into how they treat the. Uh, yeah, I, I think the only glimpse we get is that one episode where they choose to like slaughter civilians because otherwise they turn into like a resistance movement or some shit. Um, I mean, the thing is with that episode is that like. You know, they gave the flyers to leave the city or else they were going to bomb it. And they just ended up bombing it, like, you know, wh- whether people left, stayed there or not. And uh, I don't know, like, when it comes to the imperialism of the show, it's like, it's very, it, it's kind of like um, a surface level because, you know, like Joe said, they didn't really showcase any of the treatment after a country is taken over. Um, like, when they, went, when they went to the north, to that northern fjord country, uh, the, uh, the, the not Swedes, like I don't know, they they Not kind of weird. like the only thing they really, yeah. The the only plot point that really happens there is with the uh, the father and the daughter, uh, the father who gets killed by Tanya, and um, the daughter who essentially wants to seek revenge against her because of that, because of you know her and the occupying country and and all that. So like there's there's that aspect to imperialism, the sort of resentment that you you get after uh, you know. Um. So. Uh, Joseph tends to, to what I'm gathering here is that Joseph tends to feel like the imperialism itself is not immoral. It's uh, how the imperial power handles their um, their expanded territory, how well they govern. Is that correct? Um, not quite. What I was sort of was trying to get at is imperialism itself is kind of a not exactly something you see in wartime, but it's more. Both a cause for war and a um, kind of how do I say this? Uh, a result of it. Like uh, when the war is still going on, occupied territories and all that. That's just uh, at that point, it's more conquest. Whereas imperialism also carries with it like sort of these. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? These sort of Very connotations bad. of. Um, various social programs, kind of like how you um, administrate the areas and so forth. Yeah, like which turning a we don't get into. 
really. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was like, going to say, Joe. I mean, speaking as a, as somebody from a former imperial nation, in, in being, being an imperial nation is more about the bureaucracy that, than it is actually the warfare. Right, right. Yeah, turning turning the uh, foreign nation into a, uh, essentially like a, a re- well, ba- basically what they wanted, like essentially what Russia did to Estonia or tried to do to Estonia and every other country they had under their, uh, under their Iron Curtain. <clears throat> turning the foreign country into a, uh, essentially, just more Russian territory instead of instead right. of right. So, so Corbo, you are you're from the country that did uh, occupy Estonia, and and how do you feel morally about the the empire in this? Um, the thing is, is that like with me, with imperialism, is that um, I, I think honestly, like it, it's kind of inevitable that any country in like well, any you know extremely strong and 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 worthy country in europe will end up wanting to uh you know commit to imperialism it, it's 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 all oh my god what the <laughs> fuck was that he got shut down i'll finish i'll finish for corbo since he just got executed he got shut down um, by a mage. scared the um, shit out of me basically you know the soviets invaded estonia and they were like oh we'll we'll never lose against Venus." and then next frame i lost against Venus. <laughs> thanks Greg. corbo you're alive what the fuck you blew out your fucking microphone. We thought you got shot or something. Corbot exploded. We replaced him with uh, another model. Corbot 2.0. Here we go. Yeah, sorry, guys. Hey guys, it's Corbot. <laughs> okay, well, what I was saying again, like, um, you know, imperialism is it's essentially a natural aspect of, of any country, really, that's strong enough in, in Europe. But the thing is, is that that sort of, like, mentality gets, like, really overblown. Like with Russia, I'm I'm so sick of fucking hearing almost every politician nowadays like get onto like sort of and like they don't they don't outright say it, but they dabble in it. They dabble in like, oh, well, we kind of want this territory again and that territory. And we, we kind of want to, you know, t- take back uh, Kazakhstan and then this and that. And it's like yeah. the, the problem is, is that when it becomes such a focus within a country, it becomes like it, it becomes a just a. a, a Recipe for demise. Like yeah. it, it. Well, the most important thing about having an empire is never ever let it end, because then you have to deal with all the post post colonial bullshit. Don't you? Right, right. Yeah, to kind yeah. of uh, comment a bit on what Corbo said, I think the biggest reason why this uh, a lot of like Russian politicians are so hung up on lost territory is uh, simply because of the way the um, Soviet Union collapsed. Is that there was never like any big climactic you know war or fight it just sort of crumbled beneath its own ineptitude and like uh, accumulated baggage and that's not really a satisfactory ending and so to a lot of these older uh, generation politicians there's this sort of i guess you could call it like entitlement is that you know this territory was ours and like we just sort of lost it and we didn't it wasn't like taken from us we just kind of yeah. like dropped it. Yeah, I can understand that, but then like then they ignore com- every other issue that's happening within the country. It's just it's 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 conquer you know conquest hungry. If I if another way to say it, like it's it's not a bad thing to want land to gain more resources and you know even more population. So no, you kind of have a bigger country. You kind of you kind of own more stuff. But yeah. like uh, that, that's the thing that happens almost every time with like imperialism that. It just it goes on for too long, and then you just fucking. Uh, the way I see it is like you forget every other problem that's going on. 
You just like you, mm, you're, you're, like, you're, like a, you're, you're like a guy and uh, in a grand strategy game that's like, okay, let's forget all about the economies and let's just like like try to like map paint paint the map our color. If uh, any grand strategy niggas in here, sure. With so so imperialism without an ideal is uh, is fruitless. Yeah, essentially, which is kind of what happens in in um, in Yojo Senki as well. Uh, the way I I mean I think. Well, it ends on kind of a, of a cliffhanger, um, and, and the movie doesn't really fit, fill in much either, from what I can tell. But basically, the Empire is doomed to constant warfare, because even though they win all of their battles and the war is ostensibly over, um, surrounding powers become, uh, they, they, they feel threatened by the Empire's expansion, and so they seek to uh, uh, essentially uh, wage war. They, they, they seek to declare war. Uh, without uh, being provoked, because they're well, they're so kind great. of essentially like the 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 uh, world boxing title holder, aren't they? Everyone wants a shot shot the title, don't they? Like, that's the thing about empire and warfare and stuff like that, isn't it? Well, the way that they posture it is basically that other other countries feel so skittish now that there's this rapidly expanding power near them that they want to go to war just to make sure that. The empire doesn't go to war with them. It's very weird. It's actually a little bit uh, contrived. Contrived is kind of the best word for it. It sort of keeps the story going without any kind of logical conflict. I mean, these kinds of things have happened multiple times in history. Um, take a uh, fucking Napoleon, uh, Napoleon era France. I mean, or just you know, revolutionary of France, well, while the like economic and social situation was pretty fucked, the military was doing quite well throughout the entire revolutionary period, and they managed to conquer a lot of territory from like surrounding areas in uh, Prussia. So eventually, they formed this like alliance of uh, I think it was Great Britain, um, the Holy Roman Empire, and some other countries as well trying to stop this kind of expansion so i'd say there's historical precedent for what we kind of uh, see in the show okay well, fair also, enough, also fair if, if, if tanya would just let christ into her heart all these but all these wars would be over like. well the thing is the thing is here this is my hot take or maybe not so hot you look at being x right you can't really claim he's the christian god because he True. fails the two most basic elements. He's not omnipotent, and he's not omniscient. So There's Tanya also, um, is more or less correct in assuming that he could just as easily just be Satan putting on an act. There's also later on uh, in the manga uh, where they kind of show the um, Christian God character like talking and, and, and trying to plan stuff with other gods from other religions. I think uh, I think it was implied that they're all like his different faces he uses in different cultures. He's sort of like talking to himself in that scene. Ah, uh, okay. I didn't. I didn't get that vibe when I read it first. See, my, uh, I don't. I don't want to move on to that yet. I do want to return to that discussion, but we for, we 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 really skipped over Frig here. Now, Frig, you are the uh, mm -hmm. most American-sounding person possibly. Right. <laughs> on the planet at the moment and i as a uh, so so your country started as an anti-imperial um uh figure and is now the only imperial figure uh, on the planet today how do you feel about the morality of uh the empire's expansion in this show um the thing is 
Okay. <laughs> that I got about twelve episodes into it, so I didn't exactly get into the uh the. Well, there are only twelve episodes, aspect. so you actually did maybe it was great. ten. Maybe it was ten. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, um, I mean, the kind of the the empire expanding stuff. It was uh, I kind of just saw it as like a more of a background plot point. Really, I thought the major plot of the show was just uh tanya's stuff. personal with the lolly stuff and tanya's just personal relationship with uh being x and like having to come to terms with him see this is um this is quintessentially american because you have absolutely no regard for what's going outside well of your yeah own personal endeavors <laughs> right and you know you think about the american experience of imperialism it's just like oh you turn on the tv oh we're going to war in such and such country okay that's great right. <laughs> you know it's an abstract <laughs> thing it's it's basically Not like, you like can vote for someone that won't it, do that it's like looking at the weather forecast yeah. right yeah yeah the weather for, oh oh there was it's a entirely amoral bombing somewhere and they claim it's iran i guess we're going to fight there now cool oh we, we <laughs> lost just, the missiles are you just disappointed alfred that you don't get the video from the missiles anymore <laughs> for real though <laughs> Okay, that's fantastic. Um, back to being X, I want to give my take on this. I, I do feel like being X is more likely Satan because it's Satan that uh, bargains with people um, in order to achieve uh, um, worship from them. God isn't he, isn't doesn't kind, do that. Isn't he, isn't he kind of like Old Testament God? You know, like when, when he tested... Um, it was the one who had to sacrifice his son, was that? Yeah, that Abraham. was uh, Abraham, I think, Abraham. or someone... Um, yeah, but, isn't it kind of like that kind of test? The thing is, God with Abraham, you could argue that he knew ahead of time what Abraham would like do. He just wanted to like Abraham himself would sort of go through the emotions, right? He wanted whereas, to Abraham himself. <laughs> whereas, like with the show, being X is uh, like I said, he's not omniscient. He doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. He does this experiment with Tanya to see if he can somehow find a new way to foster faith in himself well which, also uh, he um he gives like technology to people who mm -hmm. worship him he rewards yeah. people who worship him and this is very like satanic that's why people yeah. worship satan well, you, if i was god if i was god i'd enjoy i'd enjoy fucking with the edgy atheists it, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is like probably a no, hilarious. No, no don't get me wrong. Tanya like, getting BTFO constantly is probably my favorite thing about the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I, I her constantly getting off. shit on by the universe is extremely yeah. cathartic. Because I'll be honest, I I thought she she was a very unlikable character. Um, well, I mean, and, well, I mean, hasn't God proof beyond doubt is it is it existence to Tanya? I mean, that that's that's how much of an edgy atheist Tanya is. It's like despite all of this, she still won't accept God's existence. Yeah, yeah, get reincarnated well. for fuck's sake, and still <laughs> no edgy atheist. But I, I like think it. the point the point is that she doesn't believe in God. She believes there must be some other explanation for this. Right. I like there the part be, where there must uh, be a you know, she's given that little. She's given that little amulet thing that lets her fly, and they kind of just—it's kind of like throwing the baby into the pool to wait for it to learn to swim, kind of thing. You know, they—they they send her on her way. She's uh, you know, tens of thousands of feet up, and he's like, "All right, you gotta say a little prayer, or I'm just gonna let you fall back down and die." <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it. That that part's great. I enjoy the yeah. 
fucking with Tanya. You set me up being X. You set me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always like it's always being X's problem and not uh not her taking the uh <laughs> like not taking the bait. I also like the uh I like the part where they have her like dressed up and dolled up or whatever for some official photo and she just looks like extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that that I think that was like the end of like episode one or two. Yeah. I would be very uncomfortable. Uh, we keep on calling her a, a, a her, and I think that is sort of a tribute to the fact that, yeah, you know, her her mental state as a man don't reel, and, and, and now look, he's just a girl. It, um, this is something I've discussed thoroughly with various scholars, all right? Yeah, there is... There is... There is no significant differentiation between one's biological sex and one's mental gender, right? So I'm she, she, she is a biological right female. I'm looking at the she data right female. now. There's nothing and else. is not in the tags. Therefore, well, we can conclude. Well, it isn't isn't Tanya being an edgy atheist just a bag anyway? It's just well, it's just a what? in the show. It doesn't, it in the show, what. the consciousness of a, of an adult male is directly transferred into a young female's body. So I think this is going to become very awkward awkward when and if Tanya ever goes through puberty. Yeah, but it's, and it's, starts to have sexual oh, well, There's a lot of dozens about that. Well, then she won't be hot there's, anymore. Anyway. I I don't think that'll ever happen because she's literally been biologically female since birth and it, it would not be a stretch to assume that her sort of but mental state has a, she's still like, prepubescent look, well, look, look, sure but she has the mind of map. a 40 year old salary man or whatever you gotta remember yeah, his, his personality remember. literally runs no deeper than being an edgy edgy atheist than a bean I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like fucking asexual sociopath who gets his jollies by like I don't Killing know, people. arranging his book collection in the most neatest way or some oh, shit. Hormones are a hell of a drug. I yeah. think because this is made by a Japanese person that, uh, you know, who's to say Tanya is H? She's probably like 25. <laughs> she's canonically H. Surely you Fuck mean off. 250. 250, yes, sir. She's actually. Frick, I'm sorry, but th there's no wiggle room in this show. She's like fucking prepubescent. We She's literally like see her since birth, bro, and they okay. comment on her age. Re, 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 re. Um, let's talk about the production <laughs> values in this a little bit. Uh, I thought the um, the real star of the running. show here. Yeah, I mean the backgrounds were, I think, pretty stunning. Very detailed. Um, uh, just just great representations of the period. They do a lot of work to make everything very rich with detail and, and historical accuracy. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, the the animation itself was was pretty fluid, but there's like a lot of dialogue sequences. The war sequences eh, yeah. are very are very zoomed in. They're they're not really you know I don't need the spectacle of like crazy animation. That's that's fine. That, that didn't wow I me. Do. It didn't have to. But everything was very clean. Um, it didn't feel too stilted or like or like you know crappy like flipbook animation. I think it was adequate, but uh, but everything was just uh, rendered beautifully. I thought I thought the girls kind of stuck out a bit because like the blokes have normal eyes, girls have these like huge eyes. If I can complain for a moment, <laughs> I did not appreciate the fucking duck faces. All right, those are horrendous. Like the ooh, facial ooh, designs, ooh. they kind of fucked them up, in my opinion. And there's a reason for this because the director himself basically said that they didn't want people to waifu Tanya or the other girl, so they kind of mm. made them intentionally ugly. But then people wifed them anyway, so it was a complete fucking waste of time, and it just looks ugly. 
the other well, girl isn't ugly look, at all. Her, her mic looks less real than she Dude, does. Those fucking eyes are freaky, and she has the same fucking duck lips as Tanya does in some shots. I don't fuck with it, all right? That's cute. It's just well, like Fooly Cooly. Nah, don't fucking compare this to Fooly Cooly, nigga. I can't be the only one here with an opinion. Come on. <laughs> the yeah, music was, was the uh, decent. Oh, go on, Corey. The opening and ending themes were pretty fucking good, I will say. Yeah, both of them surprisingly. Yeah, I was going to say that the art style is actually fairly, like, good. Um, I, you know, they obviously took some spots from the manga, but I don't know why the character des redesigns had to happen for the two main characters. Um, it, it's kind of a shame because their manga co uh, counterparts in the light novel uh, art are just, you know, it's so much fucking better. But whatever. I'm not, I'm not too gripey over it. My actual gripe has to do with, like, the battle sequences being mediocrely animated. Like it's 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 my sort of thing that I really wish um, more war type and um, you know militarily uh, type of animations are like very well animated. Like the answer is that is that like something like Girls in Panzer. Like okay, they just did it all in three D models, sure, but it looks you know it's 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 exciting. You know it, it looks actually pretty well done. With uh, with Tanya, I don't know some some of the sequences can be really great some of them are just eh, they look kind of silly they kind of look amateurish they kind of look like okay the people animated this don't really know how people fight in war right i think maybe the first episode was probably the best when it came to the actual battle animation and then you just occasionally had a few moments of uh, of good battle and uh in, in 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 as the series went on or the show went on so um yeah, it could it could have been a lot better. I agree. Um, but again, I didn't really need the spectacle. I was more interested in kind of the portrayals of different uh, different themes. Um, I, I expected it to be a little more fashy than it is. It's actually more like militant and a little bit more like Deus Vault. In fact, uh, there is one of the episodes is titled Deus Vault, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, but uh, actually used yeah. the grammatically correct form of like Deus La Volt. Yeah, Deus La Volt. <laughs> but the episode name is Deus Vault, so there's that. Um, yeah, I, I think that if anyone uh, finds this uh, appealing, these themes, they might also like uh, Panzer Model, which is a uh, a visual novel um, about uh, tanks who are anthropomorphized into cute schoolgirls. Um, that sounds kind of weird, but uh, it's uh, it's a really it's a really funny looking game that was done as a meme and has been uh has become like really really popular though um so i i think people uh, uh deserve to be made aware of that especially if they've got the tank autism which is like surprisingly common um now would we recommend this show to people mm, yeah i mean i would say you should probably watch it i mean if you want um you know you're probably going to watch it for the lolly shit anyway. So, uh, you know, considering that, if you're going to watch that, I mean, you might as well. Uh, Girls in Panzer is uh, a little bit more lighthearted. When it uh, comes to lifey. When it comes to entertainment in the current year, you can do a whole lot fucking worse than Yojo Senki. It's oh, yeah, a legitimately no. entertaining show, which is saying a whole fucking lot in the uh, fucking state we live in. <laughs> right. It's a nice little piece of escapism. I enjoyed it. You can watch yeah. through it really, really fast if you want to. I watched uh, most of the show on 2X. It was all right. It was a nice little uh, uh, two-hour uh, uh, branch off of reality 
for what it's worth, uh, at least it, it defied my expectations uh, with some of the more fantasy elements. Uh, not not life-changing, but uh, certainly not terrible. Um, great. Uh, and so now I want to I want to ask everyone: um, Are you are you a pedophile or not? Are you uh, well? You see. <laughs> His best girl, it's um, actually, Tanya, or her sidekick? The thing is, Nat, it's actually uh, hebophilia. And if you edit out this silence for a second while I Google the copy pasta. All right. Um, at, I want to thank all of our guests. That's not you, big There are no best girls in the show. They're all fucking trash. <laughs> okay, friend, let me explain something to you since you seem to be new here. <laughs> hebophilia is not the same thing as pedophilia. I'm sick and tired of you trolls popping up everywhere and splitting, spreading blatant misinformation. In many countries, hebophilia is considered normal and healthy. Human beings have a natural attraction to girls who are going through puberty. Being attracted to girls who are prepudescent is fucking sick and disgusting. But only in the U.S. does there seem to be an unwarranted taboo around a healthy and normal condition. My head hurts. I'm just trying to get my real life back. That was inspiring, Frigg. I want to thank all of our guests for coming on today. (laughs) If you enjoyed them here... And that's a big if. You can find them all on the Weebcast. Uh, and you can find the Weebcast on rightwingentertainmentsquads.wordpress.com. I'd also like to thank all 10 of our listeners that are going to listen to this episode. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. do appreciate it. Yeah. And, and also, oh. thank you to those same 10 who listened to the Alita episode. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> From both Sir Hemingford Gray and myself. Tune in next time and we'll share more memories of things that never happened. Until then, stay dope. That's like, I like you. You're like a really good host. People running by me on the street.